Hello, Armchair Adventurers! I'm Aaron, your Red Desert Roleplay GM, and welcome to the Afterplay. So, since our first two episodes came out, we've had a number of questions coming in from listeners, and I thought it'd be fun to just take a moment to answer some of these. Some of them are world and lore questions, and others are about the system that we're playing in. I thought I'd start with the most common one we're getting, which is, how do the dice rolls work in GURPS? This is a great question, actually, because GURPS dice rolls do work a little differently from what you would expect in most tabletop RPG systems. The objective in the GURPS system is actually to roll low rather than high. So on a GURPS roll, you have a target number that you roll against. You roll three six-sided dice, and if you roll at or below the target number, that means you succeed. That's why, for example, in episode 2, Wilhelm rolls a 5 against his skill of 15 and does fantastically. Uh, now, for those of you who are not familiar with GURPS, it's actually an acronym that stands for Generic Universal Role-Playing System. It was specifically designed to be applied to any world in any setting and be able to facilitate a game. Uh, if you'd like to try and simulate realism in your settings, GURPS is a great choice for you because it very much tries to make things as realistic as it can. In my opinion, it actually does that a little too much in some instances, so I actually run the rules a little looser than written. Now, one thing you'll hear me call for a lot in the episodes is a perception roll, but we had a question come in about Wilhelm's observation skill that he uses in the first episode, uh, specifically during that negotiation with the Havarg Hearthfleet, and those two things sound so similar, perception and observation, that uh, some people wanted to know what the actual difference is. Uh, this is pretty common with the GURPS system. They have a number of skills that are very similar to each other, and they just have shades of difference between them. So perception is actually technically not a skill. It's one of your, like, your base numbers. And it represents your character's likelihood to pick up on sensory input, basically. So a perception roll lets you figure out what can my character see, smell, taste, hear, feel about this area that I'm in, whereas observation is specifically about observing a person or a situation and interpreting it without those involved knowing that you're doing so. Thus, when Wilhelm implements the observation skill, it's because he's trying to figure out what's going on in another character's mind. He's trying to notice looks or gestures or general atmosphere about a character or group of characters that will tell him something about them or the situation. Whereas perception is more about, do you notice that sound off in the distance? Do you pick up on that smell coming from up the street? Here are the visual details that you pick up on about this room, that sort of thing. Also, we had somebody who wasn't familiar with the concept of critical fails after the first episode asking what that means. Uh, these don't exist in every role-playing system, but a lot of systems do have them. Uh, critical fails and critical successes. So essentially, this means that you don't just succeed or fail, you succeed or fail spectacularly. So when you roll a critical failure, you don't just fail, you fail so badly that something terrible happens as a result. And when you roll a critical success, you don't just succeed, you succeed so skillfully that you get some kind of extra boon as a result. So in GURPS, a critical success always happens when you roll a 3 or a 4, but if your target number is 15 or higher, a 5 is actually also a critical success. In fact, there was one roll in episode 2 that I mentioned a little bit earlier where Wilhelm rolled a 5 against a 15, and neither Jerry or I remembered in that instance that it should actually have been a critical success. I mean, oh well, that happens sometimes. And on the other end of the spectrum, a roll of 18 is always a critical failure in GURPS, but things get a little more complicated after that. 
You see, 17 is always a failure, no matter what, but it's only a critical failure if your target number is 15 or less. And also, if you roll 10 above whatever your target number is, that's also a critical failure. So, in the uncommon event that your target number is, say, 5, and you were to roll a 15, that would be a critical failure. Now, I did have some world questions come in, specifically relating to the character of Fausta, which was... What does she mean when she talks about the Miracle Clutch? Uh, this gets explained a little more in-game later, but I've had a couple questions about it now, so I figured I'd go ahead and explain. Aurai women lay clutches of three eggs each, and usually only one of the eggs in each clutch is viable and produces a chick. About a third of the time, a second egg in the clutch will also, excuse me, will also hatch. But it is extremely rare for all three of the eggs in a clutch to be viable. It's so rare, in fact, that it's actually considered a literal miracle. And the families for whom it happens are very often raised by the Aurai High King into the Strigic cast in honor of it. So when we mention the miracle clutch, that's what we're talking about. You know what I really like about episode two is that... Well, for one thing, it introduces some aspects about Tulin and his history. But just as importantly, in my mind, I feel like the whole storyline with Meredith Hallowhorn getting in too deep with the criminal element that she's trying to do the right thing, it's such a very human story. I like how it's such a simple human narrative that really demonstrates how one person's choices can impact so many other people. And one of my hopes with introducing this particular little side quest so early on was to hopefully foreshadow some things that may come into play later down the line, because after all, our characters are human too. Well, okay, not literally human in most of their cases, but human in the storytelling sense of the word at any rate. And as such, their actions don't happen in a vacuum any more than Meredith's did. I, for one, am very curious to see how that impacts them later. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.